It's a new century in uh, Requiem Metal Podcast. We're on episode 101. What uh, an accomplishment. And what, what better way to start it off than Watane? Watane. With uh, Malfitor from Lawless Darkness. The, Which uh, is a perpetrator of malfeasance. Yes. One who commits wrongful or shameful acts of some sort. Yeah. It's Who said you couldn't learn new words it, in metal? That's how my vocabulary has expanded. Absolutely. At least for the, the more uh, savory, evil words. Well, and... and you know, a band like Watain is uh, always using Latin and, and different things. You know, I mean, one the of most their, evil of languages. Yeah, they definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, think of all the uh, Cassius Luciferi, a large Cass- cache of evil. Uh, well, Cassius Luciferi uh, means fall of Lucifer. Oh, does it? Yeah. So it's not yeah, like I a cache of no, no a cache or, yeah. or something. Yeah. No, but uh, Malfitor um, and Watain hail from Sweden, and it's uh, quite appropriate, seen as our our first official music episode that we ever did, which was episode two, was a uh, Swedish band as well, Edge of Sanity. So uh, that's we're, right. We're starting the next century off in in. Uh, I don't think you would expect anything less from us going to Sweden because oh exactly it's we'll, our we'll uh, be there go-to spot <laughs> lots of times. But uh, yeah, the name uh, Watain comes from the uh, San Francisco black metal band Von, Von. Yeah, which I've heard, but I have not heard in years. I think I dismissed them because they're did they're they kind of known for. Did they have Darth Vader on the cover of one of the records? I I seem to remember that. That that could be. Was it? Did Necropolis put that out? No, it was really like rinky dink. Like never even hear these labels. God, I gotta look up that. Cover. But their songs are known for like being like you know, real. It's almost like punk. Like it's one chord, uh-huh. last beats, very like simplistic. And they had a song called Watain. That I believe or I, I didn't really look into sort, it that yeah. that. For, I knew far, that's but. that's what I found out is what they came from Vaughn. And supposedly the Vaughn was like a huge. I mean, I, I I think I discredited them when I was younger because they were from San Francisco, not from Norway or Sweden. Sure, yeah. But supposedly they're incredibly influential on the second wave of death metal or, or black, black metal, metal scene. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Cool. Interesting. Well, what you heard in that song, uh, Watain, who, as we mentioned, hail from Sweden, and uh, Mark will tell you a little bit more about the band members in a second. But the one thing that you'll hear in Watain that you heard in that song is kind of like. Um, like all the the major elements the the bathory sort of biker mid-pace riffing is in there the tremola uh dissection nagelfar necrophobic dark funeral marduk kind of picking stuff i mean a lot of like marduk type percussion and stuff like that and then you'll also hear like they they kind of play around with the same riff and they do it in in Malfitor and and you'll hear it in other songs that we're going to play tonight and I kind of mention it reminded me of like a jazz type thing it's like going back to your uh, what is it your coda your theme yeah exactly you know and it's it's constantly in there near the very end of that song and it's just playing with that one note but then like kind of doing different tempo changes and things with it and shuffling emphasis it back on and different forth. parts of it yeah yeah it's it's uh it's pretty neat and so you know Watain I think I wrote down. Um, they're they're sort of like the ultimate band for the what I what I would consider the balance of like chaos and melody. Yep. You know, they're yep. like they're like on the threshold of like constant chaos. Like at, at any time, a song of theirs could just break into like pure like kind of unadulterated evil. But at the same time, it's always almost towing like a line of like melody and like song craftsmanship or something. You oh, know? completely. I mean, they're everything's based on melody for being like uh, this band that's. I guess their their basis for existence is you know uh, getting the world the word of the dark lord out there. Sure. 
Uh, they, 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 they seem to not <laughs> emphasize uh, their music at all. It's just the message, the message. Yeah. But there's so much melody, and without without that, I mean, their songs would be nothing. Mm-hmm. They'd be fast, but it's, uh, I mean, there's all these riffs that sound like other bands, but they're not, I mean, it's kind of like a Pig Destroyer, like yeah. all these like perfect riffs that sound familiar, but they're really not, they're not like a ripoff. Yeah. Like you're sort of like a Moonspell, like little thing not even a, a full riff well you and i were like, talking about that in that song we just heard you know yeah. the opening song tons of like wolfheart riffs you know it's yeah. like once you said that i was like oh my god you're right they're draped in it oh totally yeah. and like you know little bits of mayhem and lots of i think dissection is almost like a, an ethic or edict that they yeah i mean plus well and eric uh, danielson played in dissection and, yeah their live guitarist uh david totoro i, th- I believe that's probably not even correct <laughs> Uh, he's got an, a stage name as well, but he was a uh, here's a live guitarist. But he was also in the Rebirth of Dissection, the, the 2004 era. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, real quick, uh, Eric Danielson, bass and vocals, uh, Pele Forsberg uh, on guitar, and uh, Hacken Johnson on drums. It's probably not Hacken, but that sounds yeah. cool. I like I like Hacken. <laughs> Hacken's got a feel to it. But yeah, you know, and and they're one of the weird things about Watain is. Um, it kind of reminds us of the, one of the quotes that you said when we did the Disrupt show, mm-hmm. is that Watain is almost like they're playing riffs that sound so familiar to you, yet no one wrote them but them. You know, like yeah. they're not ripping, I mean, you kind of mentioned that they're not really ripping anybody off, and I think Pig Destroyer is a good place to sort mm-hmm. of put it. Pig Destroyer writes all these riffs that seem so memorable. And they like they sound familiar, yeah, but you can't find, they're not, I mean, because I don't, I don't know if it was those bands, but there's been bands where while preparing for the podcast we'll sit down like what's that riff and go through like 15 cds like man that's it's it's close but it's not that yeah and watain is the sort of personification of that yeah you know because they're such a strong i mean because like you said their their music is really about getting this this sort of message and and across of you know worshiping satan which is i mean we're going to come out with it that's what Watain's really all about, you know. I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's a lot of black metal bands that will sort of talk the talk, but like these guys actually walk it. And uh, but but not in the uh, the Norwegian, you know, the, the the kind of theatrical Hollywood way that everybody's kind of been portrayed since all the church burnings and the murders. And yeah, there it's just like a really really strong ethic among these people. It's the you know they're they, I think they've even like described themselves as almost like a, a biker gang. Yeah, but like instead of like you know. I don't know what, what biker gangs represent outside of freedom, <laughs> yeah. but they're doing the same thing, but just like you know, promoting uh, yeah. the word of the word of the devil. Yeah, and in you know, in the their their stage shows, you know, they do perform kind of a, a ritual, and it's not like kind of an Alice Cooper show or anything like that. It's, no, it's it's all kind of like deadly serious stuff. You know, I mean, the Which, the, the the incense and some of that stuff. I see, mean, I, I like the atmosphere, but anybody that is honestly that devoted. It freaks me out as much as like a, a, a sure. evangelical it, Christian. Yeah, yeah. It's it just—it's it's laughable to me. Yeah, that somebody. I mean, I can see if like the whole uh, if you've seen like the Grind Crusher video that came out years yeah, ago Dave where David Vincent's, Vincent's talking, talking about, about humanism. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like you know, you go down the the tray or the uh, the lunch line, and you know, you take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, sure, and all that. But when when they get dead serious, I'm all about theatrical elements in music. But when it's when that kind of like trumps the the actual music. It, I guess I don't understand it. And luckily, and, and, and I'm the same way, like, when we saw them live at Metal Fest, um, you know, I mean, I think 
there was a tension because you didn't really know how far they were going to go with with some of the ritual stuff. And I guess that, or even seeing them like walking around, you didn't know if they're yeah. going to be total nut jobs like antisocial yeah. weirdos. But they're all real personable, nice guys. And I I I like that in a way because it added a sense of danger and unpredictability. Oh, yeah. to to a genre of music that that seems you know to kind almost played be, out. Yeah, to be yeah. very predictable. And so. You, you find that you know within what the, the some of the songwriting that they're doing the the seriousness of it and mm-hmm. I don't know I mean I think sometimes when I hear like a blood curdling scream on Watain's records I, I think of it differently than when I hear it on like a Demu record or, or something else because yeah because that's two different levels they're of coming from theatricality totally different ways yeah because yeah. Demu is like bombastic and very showy and not it's it's you know it's just it's it's there's nothing behind it yeah. Basically. I mean, I picture like when I hear those screams, I picture like all the stories that you read about in Decibel and things like that, of like you know, like burying their clothes so that they smell like death and like never washing the blood out of yeah, you know, just the corpse smell that they walk around and stench, you know, like mm-hmm. like well, all, gotten, all that they've sick from it many many times, yeah, in Patigo and stuff, and, you know, and that so. stuff that you know the you know dead from mayhem did years ago, yeah. just would bury his clothes or wrap his or carry on like dead animals to get the scent of death, yeah. And yeah. I can I can see that for publicity machine kind of thing, but having I think it's it's actually it's cool to have a band that has that kind of like uh, notoriety for uh, the theatrical, but yet their music is so good you can put it up against yep. anybody else. And that's and that's what I was just gonna say is bottom line you can talk all you want about the the craziness and the wacko ness of of what Watain does, but when it comes down to it, you take a song like Malfidor. And that song can go toe to toe with any black metal song in the last ten years. I mean, totally, yeah. You know, outside, outside of like some of the newer Marduk stuff and maybe Deathspell Omega and some of the Funeral Mist stuff, there really hasn't been anything that like extraordinarily new about black metal. You know, there's no, been we sort of a retro movement with like R Noir and Dark Throne and you know. Stuff but even like that's that. going like, like even predating mm-hmm. the, the the last like the second wave of black metal because we you can only get so grim so. Uh, Slow, so uh, uh, primordial or whatever. Before it, you just lose it. Like, yeah. what I don't, I really don't want to listen to a blast beat in one note for forty five minutes on an album. Mm-hmm. Like, there, why? There's no reason why you can't have all this like musicality exactly. into it. And it's about time that I mean, the shift's kind of starting to to roll over. And then stuff with like you know, new Dark Thrones and Art Noir to where it has more of a punk and kind of aesthetic feel. to it. Yeah. yeah, where it's like, yeah, we, it doesn't matter that we have to you know confide ourselves to this this rigid like uh, ideal of what the music has to be and that's the weirdest part about Watain is Watain almost uh, the what the beauty of them is they operate by no rules there's no pretenses with them they lawless don't have darkness. to fit into any scene yeah lawless <laughs> darkness they don't have to hit fit into any kind of scene you know so but uh we wanted to kind of run you through uh the four Watain full links that are out there we're not going to spend too much time on the first two especially the very first one which was uh rabid death Curse. Rabid Death's Curse. Yeah. Come out in 2000, correct? Yeah, I believe on uh, Drakkar Productions originally, but yeah. it's been reissued by Seasons of Mist. Yeah, no, Season of Mist. Season right. of Mist. It's got like, uh, there's different variations of this and Cassius Luciferi that you can get, including one that I actually read about that has a bonus track of a Vaughn uh, oh, cover. Vaughn cover. Yeah, but yeah, not right on the. Is it What's on that one? one? 
No. Oh, yeah, it is that one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's the one I have then. Go to, go to seasonofmist.com and get all the stuff. Yeah, and Season of Mist is actually going to, uh, they're one of the sponsors of the contest uh, that we have. The Century of Metal the 100th Century episode Metal. contest. Yeah, yes. the 100th episode contest that should be still running on the website as this uh, show is kind of going up. So uh, do check that out. I'm guessing it'll probably go through uh, probably the first or second week of October. Yeah. Yeah, because we want to make sure enough people participate. And but there's yeah, there's stuff. tons of stuff as far Decibel, as decibels, miss, earache, earache, relapse. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have a good good chance of winning something. Yeah, so please do go to uh, requiempodcast dot com and, and check that stuff out. But this record, um, you know, again, you've got the melody, the chaos, all the elements that we kind of you know heard in Malfitor, but it's a lot rawer. But it has all the essential elements, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's just harder to kind of decipher, glean it out of the the productions. Pretty raw. I mean, even like listening to this stuff for a lot of years, having a decent stereo, it's still, you know, it's almost like cup to the wall trying to hear. Like, okay, there's that like lead riff. Yeah, it's 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 all there, but it's all kind of in the embryonic state. Sure, and you can hear some of it. Like, there's there's some nice elements to a song like Life to Throne, which we're gonna play here mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, but as soon as that song transitions to Devil's Blood from Cassius Luciferi, which was put out in 2003, you can hear this just giant leap forward. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who, who look at Cassius Luciferi the same way that people look at um, Salvation from Funeral Mist mm-hmm. as kind of like uh, one of these I can benchmarks see that. I mean, all the, in the, the new, this new everything's there. thing of black. Yeah, it was like the, it was the, you know, the precursor to Sworn to the Dark, and all the elements were there, but just not, it didn't gel quite as much as... As Sworn did. Yeah, and a lot of people think, I mean, I think some of the, the true, you know, black, they think Sworn to the Dark's a little too too produced, but uh, I don't. It's all done at, so, like, Necromorbus Studios yeah, or whatever. I think know, all their records just have. Get over it. The guys know how to play music. Yeah. You know, like, you're just going to have to deal with that, but... Um, well, a cool thing about if you if you have the pleasure of listening to uh, Rabid Death's Curse all the way through, it's got a lot of later on Marduk-isms as far as yeah. like real kind of like prominent uh, non distorted bass, mm-hmm. where where it's not just like, but you can actually hear it and it kind of fills the sound out. But it's a it's a weird just kind of like, you know it's the first album so. Mm-hmm. But you will hear a lot of like cool like bass breakdowns throughout a lot of uh, yeah. Watain's music, which you don't hear that a lot in in black metal. Oftentimes the bass is completely like devoid, you know. So outside of like some like mayhem slowdown parts, where yeah, it's true, true, yeah, which is kind of aped on some things, yeah. but yeah, had a good effect, yeah. But uh, so all right, well let's uh, let's get back into it. Let's uh, we're gonna get into Life to Throne from Rabid uh, Rabid Death's Curse, and then we've got a pair of tunes from Cassius Luciferi, Devil's Blood, and Golden Horns of Darash, which we'll uh, we'll have to find out what the horns of Darash are. Uh, when uh Chris Samarian. Yeah, so we'll we'll find out and tell you when we come back.
golden horns of Darash, Devil's Blood, and Life Dethroned. So, Jason, what is Darash? Uh, well, we kind of we we, we explored a what little. What would the bit. world be without Wikipedia? Um, it it means of heathen gods and necromancers. Um, so it's uh, the golden horns of necromancers. So, and the lyrics. Maybe the golden horns is an instrument of necromancy. This this is true. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> the, and and yeah, a lot of the lyrics in this song are are Hebrew, and they were actually written from a guy from the band Catharsis, which I don't claim to know a lot about. Do you? I've heard the name, but I've never heard. Yeah. That. Again, I think the catharsis is one of the uh they're they're part of this group with Funeral Mist and Death Spell Omega, the um the Orthodox, Orthodox black, metal. black Metal type yeah. stuff, you know. So uh it's on the list definitely to to check mm-hmm. out, you know, some more of that kind of stuff. But as well as uh, Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn has Vaughn. A, uh, we got a two thousand nine they came out with a almost like a whole entire uh discography. Oh man. It so. could be like Art Noir where like, you know, we it could kind be of ignore, rough, ignored <laughs> yeah. ignored the stuff for years and then all of a sudden discover a a diamond in the rough. Yep. Uh but what you heard in Golden Horns is uh some great breakdowns. Um very there's there's a lot of mayhem isms, I guess, uh, but more on an epic scale. You know, it's like De Mysterious, but like you take some of the riffing patterns and some of the the tone, the guitar tone, but you take a little bit of the coldness out of it and mm-hmm. you warm it up with some of the, the sort of Swedish tremolo riffs and yeah, uh, you know, it's I think guitar so, tone is almost it's pretty close to De Mysterious. I yeah, think for sure, for sure, you know. There's a there's a weird like desperation that I hear like in a lot of the vocals that Eric does. I mean, it's similar to what you know Martu- Mortus does. You it's know, al- with, it's almost like out Martin. of breathness. Yeah, you know? he doesn't necessarily have the have the power. Yeah, I think. Or, although or it could not be recorded. Although though. one of the things I was going to mention on Malfitor that uh, on Lawless Darkness in general is that he's he's starting to drift more and like Mortis's vocal style. Except you're not as much of the variation of yeah you know the yeah not as like but is, is is eccentric but he's he's drifting away from the style that he used on Sworn to the Dark and getting more into the yeah that. it's probably something that after playing live like what can you pull off live yeah, I was gonna say yeah. you know you don't do the uh, uh, I'm totally spaced on his name now dude from Def Leppard oh uh, Joel Elliott yeah the Joel Elliott thing where he can't sing anymore oh yeah yeah he he sucks now so as does Dave Mustaine yeah yeah well. Yes, uh, in between one hundred episode one hundred and one hundred one, <laughs> Mark and I had the opportunity to see the Megadeth Slayer uh, Testament show, and it was pretty pretty fantastic. Except Dave was having some trouble hitting some high notes, so I don't know, maybe he's having a bad day or had a cold or something. But nah, whatever. And then Devil's Blood, uh, you know, again, Mark mentioned the bass. You know, you hear it's very dirgy. You hear the bass is very prominent in a lot of Devil's Blood. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like a, it's you hear the Storm of Lights band, the Somber Lane stuff, but like it's more sinister. It's it's more precise. It's I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a crazy record, and it's a the, a crazy sound to try and like capture. You know, I mean, like we've talked about it. You know, with the Pig Destroyer thing. Yeah. I mean, I. I want to say they sound like somebody else, but they just sound like Watain at this point, you know? Yeah, I mean, the closest comparison definitely, I think, is, you know, it will always go back to the whole dissection thing, and they had close ties with them, but um, I, I almost see that just as, like, a, a different, you know, because 
when uh, Dissection came out, it was more like this weird blackened thrash, mm-hmm. not even necessarily calling it black metal. And it just seems like yet another kind of like divergent path to take on this you know, whole genre. And I mentioned before when Mark and I were talking prior to the show, you know, I mean, I hear, and, and he agreed as well, a lot of necrophobic stuff, especially the, mm-hmm. the Dark Side record. And even a, like a band that I, I have this record and barely ever pull it out, Sacramentum, which was again part of that. Uh, kind of Swedish yeah, black death stuff back in the day, unanimated. You know, I mean, yeah. they're they're in this mix somewhere. So you I know. see a lot. Of, I mean, unanimatedness as far as the uh, the approach, the songwriting mm-hmm. for sure. Where like, there's no problem to have like a really beautiful, long drawn out, you know, kind of like swell of, of notes that unanimated did all the time. A lot of these really kind of epic songs. Yeah, and then they had no problem dropping into like a total Bathory, like kind of like biker rock kind of yeah. breakdown type yeah. thing, and then they could go into like the total like Tremola Swedish. Marduk I can even yeah I can riffy, hear, actually you know? hear a lot of anime now I think about it, especially like the the new record just mm-hmm. the kind of song structures that yeah. kind of borrow a lot of uh, all the all the you know it all comes from the same pool but now did you hear Cassus Luciferi after Sworn of the Dark because that's uh, that's yeah. what happened for me yeah. so I I didn't actually they weren't even on original. my radar at this point because I wasn't you know really checking out Drakkar Productions or. You know, a lot of these underground black metal I was pretty skeptical of black metal at this point, you know, yeah, 2003. It was, it was, well, you know? actually, this is like, uh, I think around, what was it, 2000, we were doing a lot of stuff like, uh, you know, Funeral Mist, and uh, I think the first one I actually started, like, this whole unorthodox thing. Was Death Spell. orthodox, Mega, right? was Death Spell. Yeah. yeah. And you turned me on to them. It was like, the Kenos EP, I think, like, the second thing they did. Yeah. So I was like, ah, finally, yeah, just when you think a genre is going to be dead and buried, you know. New life yeah. springs forth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like, you know, with Grind. I mean, you kind of, where could Grind go? And then, you know, here comes like bands like Pig Destroyer, you know, or something to kind of carry the torch into the, the future or whatever. So. Yeah. But next, we have the record that I think uh, most people. on the people, map to most yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this was a big one. And I remember hearing about it in Decibel, actually. And then it was the, uh, the runner-up to album of the year in Decibel back in, what, 2007? Mm-hmm. And uh, Sworn of the Dark. I mean, this is. I ran a lot of miles on the treadmill of this record uh, for sure. This was one of my uh, my running all star records. So, I mean, wh- what were your thoughts the first time you you encountered this? I was I was pretty stoked. I had no uh, uh, a buddy of ours, uh, Chris, gave me a copy. I think a promo copy of this before. It might have been before the thing was released. I don't even remember at this point. But I, I had never heard of them, nothing on the radar at all. He's like, you got to check this out. This is unbelievable. You know, like yeah. next level of dissection or whatever, how he described it. And uh, yeah, immediately I was just like, wow. Because it, it doesn't sound like it comes from a specific time either. Mm-hmm. You could throw on Sworn and it could have come from 1993 or could be, you know, could have come yeah. out in 2007. I mean, Storm of the Antichrist. Um you know, which we'll hear in this next set. I mean, the end of it sounds like 1989, thrash, the way like structured and stuff like that. And like, well, the the way the guitar solos and leads and and stuff stuff. is just all, I mean, it's almost triumphant. Yeah. It's (laughs) weird. Well, and then, you know, Stellavore, which we'll, we'll talk about when we come back. But I mean, like, I mean, that's gotta be one of the most triumphant, epic black metal songs like ever, you know, I mean, it's, it's up there. I can't think of too many that like, structurally take the approach to doing something like this. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's almost like the Brave Murder Day Catatonia approach. You know, it's just totally off-beat and off-putting. Oh, totally. Way. But uh, we could have played, like, probably six songs off Sworn to the Dark, but we had to kind of scale it down to uh, to three that I think represent three kind of just different different ways of, of looking at it. Um, their unique approach to black metal. I mean, I really think this is kind of like one of the tour de forces of the, the black metal genre. You know, and even 
uh, Chris and Decibel kind of put it in the top five greatest like Swedish black metal records mm-hmm. ever made. You know, so I mean, it, it took four years to make, but I, I think you can tell why. You know, they put oh, a lot totally. of time and precision and stuff into it. So, but uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about these songs. I guess do you have any any comments about the opening tune we're gonna play, Serpent's Challenge? Sweet. Yeah. I don't, it's it's tough to like after as soon as you like kind of figure out where they're coming from. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost overwhelming to try to like. Oh, that's gonna sound gay, but uh, I mean, it's just it's hard to put into words. I guess mm-hmm. what exactly because uh, it all seems so familiar. But what are you really gleaning from what they're doing? The things I kind of you know saw in this is first of all, it's a very I think it's kind of an unsettling tune in a way, but in a like a beautiful unsettling way. It, yeah, it's 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 nice in that you know you hear the mayhem kind of meets Burzum stuff at the beginning, and and near the end it starts to blend into these open arpeggios. You know, it's very like melodic. You know, at the, oh, end, at the end of the song is just like incredible. And then it goes into kind of a, a barn burner with Storm of the Antichrist. And then we'll close with the aforementioned Stellar Vor. So enjoy. Is us. that a uh, Eater of Universes? Uh, I hope so. That's I hope cool. so. That does sound awesome. <laughs> I'd like to think of it as that. We'll, we'll double check though. But enjoy a trio from Sworn of the Dark, Watain.
Yeah.
Delavore, Serpents are Storm of the Antichrist, and Serpents Chalice. Chalice. Chalice, I'm sorry. For some reason, I wanted to put an N in there. Challenge. Uh, Stellarvor. We looked it up. We don't know what it is. No. It's, uh, but I like Eater of the the Universe. Yeah, Devour of Universe. It sounds, uh, it's very HP Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, there's definitely something ritualistic going on the way that it, it's chanting in that song. And, like, even just the way, like, you know, not only does it open with the, the sort of the tremolos from hell. I mean, it's, like, yeah. you know, all over the place. But just, like, the, the sort of, like, triumphant like chanting kind of thing you really feel like you're part of like their, especially their seeing ritual, this live their too, universe yeah. yeah and i mean even though they had such crappy sound at metal fest like still the atmosphere in the well, room I think was, we knew, was kind of electric yeah you know? and we knew the songs well enough to where you could pick out okay that's the <laughs> that, where that's yeah, supposed to be through, through the like hissing sound this, you can hear the melodicism i think so yeah somebody like either blew out a an amp or it just there's this constant like, like a patch cord was bad or yeah. something it was it was weird and normally that would be like a good thing in a black metal but oh, but these guys usually want to hear you know yeah, so yeah, for sure but uh it, you know one thing about storm of the antichrist the song we heard prior to this because we didn't really talk about it but um the it's it's definitely more mid pace but like the drums actually have like a a weird swing to them it's it's Almost, yes. I don't, I don't want to say jazzy because I you already use that term and I don't want to get into like spinal tap territory by like saying jazz too much. But you know, Marduk kind of did some of the same things sometimes. You know, in their music with those sort of swinging drums and stuff, and then that thrash is fuck ending is is awesome. Yeah. So uh, it kind of gets unhinged at the end, which is awesome. I just remember running on the treadmill of that song all the time. <laughs> but um, but we're gonna close things out with the aforementioned. Uh, New record, Lawless Darkness, which just came out uh, this uh, last summer. Beginning yeah, of June, summer. July. Yeah. Uh, right after we saw him in Metal Fest, it mm-hmm. officially was released. I think we had it prior to, because I remember mowing the lawn to it, or uh, something like that. I think. Yeah, we got, we got a yeah, we were, service. So. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's again, Season of Mist is putting this out. It's another one of their big releases, and, um, you know, the the record itself is just kind of taking the the. St- the sworn of the dark kind of thing, like to the the, Let's next. Take it to the next level. I think it's a little more refined, um, especially. I mean, the the song we're going to close out with "Waters of Ain," which uh, I have a retarded explanation for this song. I like as well, this explanation. I think it's because awesome. it all makes sense to me because it, it's got like right in the beginning, you almost have like a Celtic Frost kind for of sure. thing, and uh, you know Martin Ain, "Waters mm-hmm. of Ain," which this is totally wrong, yeah. but. Uh, you know, almost it almost seems like it's some kind of like like tribute to what Celtic Frost was right before mm-hmm. Martin Ayne left because uh, Watain toured with them and uh, and creator off of the was Martin Ayne on Hellhammer too? Uh, he came in later on. Okay, okay, but uh, yeah, so it's it's their uh, dedication to Martin Ayne and the great like the great things that he brought to like to the extreme metal world. Well, and you get the you get you know, near kind of the two thirds point, you know, it kind of drops down and you get these sort of eerie vocals from Carl McCoy from, uh, hey, uh fields. Yeah, Carl McCoy, yeah. You know, and so I that's just want to say cool. Hank McCoy, the beast from Max. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's kind of cool because I mean, field of Nephilim is like, uh, very much a influence on a lot of these sort of black metal bands and even, some they of the Gothic metal bands or totally. Tiamat and all that there. I mean, they get kind of lumped in the whole goth, scene i guess but they're uh they th- harsher vocals and i mean they're they were like proto death metal vocals mm-hmm. really for a lot of the stuff i mean it had it was a weird mix of it was like a more edgy sisters of mercy or something more atmospheric mm-hmm. 
But this song is, is I mean, it's 14 minutes long. It's probably the best song they ever wrote. Yeah, I mean, they kind of state that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty epic. And the solo at the end is, is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, I kind of said it. It reminded me like some of the 80s shred type stuff. I mean, almost. But with more know, like, heart. Yeah, like Lynch, Satriani, Steve Vai, something weird like that. And it just, it just kind of flows really well, you know. That's, I mean, I guess... Uh, Isan does this, you know, in the later Emperor stuff, where you actually hear like some. Great Except he's got solos. he's got some diarrhea of the hands, I think. Yeah, uh, sometimes I think Forsberg. Every note is there for a reason. There's no, I don't think there's any like extraneous notes. Yeah, everything's there kind of to build, you know, the, the the vibe they're going for. I guess it's more the tone of the guitars. It's not so much that he's like overplaying anything. You know, yeah. it's not Dream Theater or something like that. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it just has like a, t- a warm like a tone that's very late 80s to me or something you know oh yeah yeah something Skolniak could like have pulled out in a way if he was in a black metal band or something you know (laughs) but uh it's it's a great way you know to to play uh to sort of end the show because you're going to hear so many different elements of what you know predictably what Watain could could be in the future you Mm -hmm. know they could go this more you know death metal Celtic Frost route and I don't think anybody would would have any problem with that because I don't think the there's any expectations on Watain. They can almost do no. I mean the, the the only thing they have going is that I guess the only rules they have is that we have to further the word of yep. the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord. Absolutely. So uh, I mean, hell, they could be doing techno as long as it gets the message across. Yep. But I don't see that happening. And we were going to play Reaping Death as well. We just didn't have time for it. But that was the uh, single that was put out ahead of time, which we actually found out went in gold and sweet. And I have one of those. Deal. The picture seven inch. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. So, but uh, you know, in, in particular in this song this is the one this is the song that jumped out to me where i really started to hear a change and a variation in his vocals a little bit the more the the more yeah. kind of stuff so and i don't know if that was because it's just a different type of song that they're putting together and there's a little more something different but yeah, there's a little more breathing room in it where his vocals pop through because usually they're kind of even with the guitar they're not yeah they're, they're put really high like, yeah it's exactly. just like another instrument it's not it, it, you know it's not any kind of uh you know some bands where they'll have the vocals up so loud that you can't hear anything else mm-hmm. yeah so well uh, this is it for Watain, but definitely let us know what you thought. Uh, we've really appreciated a lot of the feedback we have been getting uh, on iTunes and at the website, uh, requiempodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook, Mark and Jason on uh, Facebook. Um, leave comments there. We actually do read you know, some of the stuff. We've had a couple requests for an Exodus show, mm-hmm. and so we're, uh, we're doing our best to try and do some We research. read everything. We don't necessarily always have time to get back, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's much appreciated. Sure, and, uh, and definitely check out the website for the contests that are going on right now. Um, lots and lots of stuff that we want you guys to win, those of you who are loyal fans and stuff. So uh, enjoy Waters of Ain by, by Watain, and uh, for Wicker Metal Podcast, I'm Jason. And I'm Mark.
Sunday.